0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Launch Church of Jacksonville, Florida. We pray you enjoy today's message. Heavenly Father, we just bless you. We honor you. We lift you up. We are so thankful
1: that you are such a great God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. In the good times, we love you. In the bad times, we love you. We are completely and fully committed to you, Lord God. Nothing will change our dedication. As Paul said, I am fully persuaded in your abilities. Hallelujah. God, we are fully persuaded in your abilities. And we thank you, Father, for loving us with such an unconditional love, such an agape love that you would send your only begotten son on our behalf. Jesus, we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge what you did on the cross. You counted it not robbery to strip away from yourself everything that made you like God, hallelujah, to come down here and put on an earth suit to become the perpetuation of our sins. We don't take that for granted. We don't take that lightly, but we thank you for your obedience. We thank you for your humbleness. We thank you for your ability to say this is worth it for you to put our lives before yours. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence in this place today. We say, do what you need to do. Say what you need to say. Move how you need to move. Open up the mysteries of, of the word of God unto us today, and we declare that we will apply them to our lives without debate in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for this word that you would have come forth today through this pulpit. God, we thank you for it. And I thank you that the ears are attentive uh, from the listeners, so that they can hear what you are saying. They can hear your voice speaking to them through what you are saying today. In Jesus' name, we pray, believe, and declare. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we were in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, and we start, we left off with the, the Israelites are in the land that God had wanted them to be in that God had promised them this land of milk and honey, right? And I want I want to hear God already already taking me off on a side note. I want to talk about this milk and honey because a lot of times we we read this this passage and we're like, oh, God has a land of milk and honey, but we have to read the passage from the standpoint of the time it was said. It wasn't actual milk flowing through the land. It wasn't actual honey flowing through the land. The Bible says that the land that God had given them was milk and honey. So when the children of Israel saw this land, they didn't see milk and honey. What they saw was work. What they saw was potential. It was, uh, this land was potentially a good enough land to provide the necessary work to take care of them. So I want to, be because we as believers, we have this mindset that God is going to just do it for us. Mm-hmm. We have this mindset that God is just going to take care of it. We're going to show up and it's like it, it's like we're showing up to a surprise birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's all been laid out. The people are already in there and we walk in and we start our celebrity wave. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. The Bible says that God will take us there, but we have to we have to participate.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: I love to say when we talk about our faith I love to say that we are partners with God. We are partners with God. And I think sometimes as believers, we forget that. That God wants to partner with us in order for us to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. And we have to get out of this lazy mindset that God is just going to do it. I love to say it like this. God will put his super on our natural, meaning this. Whatever we can't do naturally, God will do, supernaturally. And whatever we can do naturally, God will not do. For example, some of you guys need to go register your business. God is not getting off of his throne, <laughs> his throne, praise God, <laughs> to go on a computer at the library, to go into the, the, the tax system of Florida to register your business. God is not going to do that. He said that is something naturally you can do. Get, stop being lazy, get up off of your behind and, and sit down at a computer, get the necessary information you need to register your, to register your business. Praise God. Like th- That is what I mean. Some of you all are expecting God to find a building for you guys or, or to find whatever you need to, for your business. And some things God is just not going to do when he's giving you the power to do it. Hallelujah. Like, I think that needs to be said. It is a a time to sit back and watch God move, and then there's a time for you to work. And in this particular time in Numbers chapter 13, God told them, I have presented you the land. I've already done the necessary things for you to to overtake the land and everything in the land, but you still got to march in the land and do a part two. So when they sent these spies into the land, the spies came back and they said, praise God, Look at this in verse 33 of Numbers chapter 13. He said, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come from the giants. And we in our own sights are grasshoppers. Come That part.
2: Nobody else called them grasshoppers, but themselves. Come on. So how do we see ourselves? What is it that we're looking at when we're looking in the mirror? Are we seeing ourselves as grasshoppers or are we seeing ourselves as giants? Yeah. I mean, and, and look at the influence that they had. 10 out of 12 was like, no. 10 out of 12, that's a lot. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder, you know, when we have people in our circle, who are those people to us and what are they saying to us? Are they people that are um, full of unbelief and doubt? Yeah. Because if those are the people that we're associated with, that's what we see in our mirror. So that's what we magnify. That's what we end up magnifying.
1: That's so good. And it, it is it it actually gives us a percentage here, like you just said, a ratio. 10 out of 12. <laughs> Everything you start, praise God, 10 out of 12 people might be against it. Yep. I'm I'm re, I'm reminded of a particular church some time ago we used to attend, and we were talking about moving into a new building, a new facility. And there were literally I I want to say there were about 8, 8 or 9 people in the office and the pastor was asking us is this something we should do and out of those nine people the only two <laughs> was me and vonda and one other lady so one family and another family two out of the nine <laughs> didn't was like let's go and take the building let's go into the new building let's do it everybody else was like no let's stay right here right. and 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 what it does is when you have that mindset by default It keeps you away from what God has promised you. Come on, come on. And when you are not walking in what God has promised you, or you're pushing it back with your unbelief, that is what brings the frustration in your life. Yep. Like that's what brings the disappointment in your life. Like, man, God, I thought my life would be further along than this. And it's because you are a part of the the 10 that don't believe they can take the land. Mm-hmm. I have right. seen people say, you know what? I need more education. I need more. I need more training. I need more of this before I can actually go into and do what God tells me to do. And God is like, I need you to go now. Right. And because you are looking at your own insecurities. Come on. Because you are looking at your own faults, because you are looking at what you don't have you you make the comment, hey, I'm but a grasshopper in uh, against these giants mm-hmm. in the land. And this is why dreams don't come true. Right. This is why purpose doesn't happen. This is why Christians are broke. And it's it's mind-boggling to me because we serve a God that has created everything.
2: Come on.
1: And as I said yesterday in the vision meeting, the reason why David could stand up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it no matter what he was going through is because he understood he served someone that controlled the day. You serve a God that controls the day. That is why I can wake up. That is why we can wake up. That is why you can wake up and rejoice even in the midst of a bad time. Because if your God, the one you serve, the one you call your king, the one you call your Lord is in control of the day that puts you at an advantage. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. It puts you at an advantage. Mm -hmm. So here we go with these children of Israel that God that we learned in verse two of chapter 13, that God had gave them this land for the, for the taking yet by verse 33, the heart comes out, Mm -hmm. the fear comes out. And it said, they say, you know what, God, you know what? We cannot even, we cannot even picture ourselves going to battle with these giants and all the people that, that, that inhabit the land, And as a result, Father, we're going to say, you know what? We'll leave it alone. And they spent 40 years. Come on, somebody say 40. 40. They spent 40 years going around in circles in a desert. I wonder how many years you have been circling in your desert. Mm, My God. Standing in the middle of a desert waiting for a ship to come in. I wonder how long you have been going around in circles mm. because of the opinion of yourself. Who will believe in me? Who will follow me? Who will trust me? Who will help me? Who would assist me? And because of the opinion you have of yourself, you have stagnated or brought yourself to a complete halt in the things of God and what God has purposed you to do. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about today seven reasons why dreams and purpose don't come to pass or become difficult to achieve. Seven reasons why dreams are difficult or purpose is difficult to achieve. Number one, you will have to make many sacrifices. You want your dream to come to pass you are going to have to make a plethora of sacrifices. Yes. If you want purpose to come to pass, you are going to have to make a plethora of sacrifices.
0: Mm-hmm. I put
1: here that we as people tend, tend to want things to just happen or just work. And it is the biggest misconception in life, that things are just going to happen or things are just going to work. The word sacrifice means this it means destruction, it means surrender, it means loss made for gaining something else. I'm going to lose something now so that I can gain something else later. I will sacrifice. The interest of my pleasures. So when in in the the heart of making a dream come true or a heart of of going hard after purpose and seeing purpose come to pass, I have to sacrifice something right now of interest in order to gain something in the the future. You want to say something? I have to sacrifice right now It might mean I have to sacrifice going out and hanging out all the time. It might mean I have to sacrifice a Friday night. It might mean I can't put myself in in, in certain situations. It might mean I can't watch certain movies, certain television shows, certain reality shows because I want, I'm trying to get somewhere. I will never forget. I will never forget. I was coaching basketball uh, for Lauren, when she was in high school, I was a coach on one of her AAU teams. And this coach said something so profound to me or to the team. He didn't say it to me. He was talking to the team because there was a huge game. I think the basketball playoffs was was going on or it was the college uh, playoffs or something like that. March Madness. And the, la- the girls on the team was trying to leave so they can go home. And that's what it was. Thank you. Spirit. There was a game coming to Jacksonville during the Ma- uh, college madness uh, playoffs in March, March madness basketball playoffs. And the girls on a team were trying to get to the stadium at the Vistar arena to watch the game. And the coach said this, he said, you guys are trying to make it and trying to see your lives and your dreams come to pass, but you don't want to put the time in. You're more concerned about going to watch people who have already made it. And it stood out to me. I thought it was so profound because we will pay hundreds of dollars to go watch somebody who put the time in, who put the work in, and yet we won't pay hundreds of dollars to educate ourselves or to invest in ourselves so that we can come become the person that we want to go watch. And now people are paying to come watch you but then we complain. And from that day on, I took a different approach. I took a different approach. I said, from here on out until I get where I want to be, my head and my hand is to the plow. Hallelujah. I'm not backing off. I'm not going to go watch some celebrity. I'm not going to do this because my, my goal is to get where God wants me to get. And sometimes Going off and watching. I'm not saying you can't take a break. Let me bring the ba- the balance. I'm not saying you can't go do anything. Please enjoy your life. But I'm saying when everything stops, every single time something happens, because you got to go see what, what Paul and, and Silas and Barnabas and all them folk are doing over there, that you can't focus on what God told you to do. That's an issue. That's an issue. Nobody wants to make the sacrifice. Do we want? More power of God, we or we want more power of God, but we don't want to spend more time praying in the Holy Spirit. Look at how that works. <laughs> Kevin Hart says it like this, everybody wants to be rich, but nobody wants to put the work in. We want more understanding, but we don't want to spend time in God's word. We want more anointing, but we don't want to fast or turn down the plate of food. Come on, some of us wake up and the first thing we grab is our phones. Let me check the social media. Let me see what happened. Now some of this, some, for some of you guys it's your job, but for other folks you just you don't know how to live without your phone. We live in a generation where the phone stays right here. Stays right here. And we can we can't find a way. <laughs> We're wondering why, why where is my day going? Like what is happening with my day? How come my day is disappearing? Where's all the time going? And then Facebook, excuse me, your iPhone sends you, praise God, the the, the alert that you spent out of all the hours in the week, you spent 39 hours on, on your phone. Right.
2: And can you see how sophisticated and sly the apps have become nowadays, the social media platforms have become nowadays. It tracks the things that you like. So every time you get on it, even if you're getting on it to check one thing, it shows you all these other things that you may like, things yeah. of interest to you, which keeps you in a cycle of, OK, what you thought you were going to do in two minutes. Now, two hours later, you still on scrolling. Yeah. I've done that scrolling and scrolling.
1: And then finally, when you sit down and read the word, you're so tired. Right. You put the Bible right. down. Let me read. And then you wake up and there's a slob yes. stain on the Bible.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> oh, man. So in order to see your dream come to pass this year, you don't have to sacrifice. We know we are in the year that God is rewriting stories, but you're going to have to sacrifice one sacrifice. I can tell you, we all have to make this year is letting go of the pen. And allow God to rewrite your story. Not you. No, God, I want you to write it this way. No, let go of the pen and allow God to rewrite your story. Hallelujah. Number two,
2: You will make many mistakes when you fail to accept your mistakes. You end up believing that you are not meant to achieve that dream.
1: That is a huge.
2: Ooh, one. Accepting your mistakes.
1: That when is. In order for purpose or dreams to come to pass, you have to understand, I am going to make mistakes. Many of them, yes. many of them. But I got to learn how to accept it being a mistake and learn from it being that mistake and then move on what tends to happen mm. and what we see when we counsel people throughout the week, praise God, is we'll make a mistake, but then try instead of just accepting that is a mistake. We try to fix the mistake
0: Come on. and
1: in trying to fix the mistake, we end up making the mistake bigger than what it, what, what it already was. That's good. Mm-hmm. Making mistakes is a part of, of the learning experience. If you are not making mistakes, then you have thrown or giving yourself completely over excuse me if you are not making mistakes, then you have thrown or giving yourself completely over to not accomplishing your dream if I'm not making mistakes, I have made up in my mind that I am not going to accomplish my dream. You would say, well, how do you say that?" Why, why can't, why do I have to make a mistake in order to accomplish my dream? Because there, that means you, ha- there is a necessary risk, a necessary risk, uh, a, a educated risk that you have to take in order to see success. This hat, yeah. this, what I'm teaching you right now goes beyond spirituality It's spiritual in its physical. Right. If you're starting right. a natural business, there's what they call risk management, yes, right? And in some, sometimes these companies that, that take these risks make mistakes, but they learn from it. They grow from it. And, and they'll tell you these major corporations, these fortune 100 and fortune 200 companies, they'll tell you, we had to evaluate the experience of making the mistake. So we knew how to move forward. We didn't try to fix the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of times in dreams, instead of saying, you know what, that just failed, we'll, we'll do everything we can or throw everything we have behind trying to make it work to the point we run ourselves out of resources and we've made the mistake even bigger. I know I'm talking so, good.
2: And let me give you some encouragement. Yes. God doesn't see us through the lens of our mistakes. Yes. He sees us through grace. Come on. He knows what he put on the inside of us. So he's not stuck on what we didn't do right. He wants us to get the lesson from it so that we can be better.
1: Amen. Turn over really quickly to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. I want you guys to see this because the the the, the one thing I I sincerely hate and I know that we say don't use the word hate, but I sincerely hate is that this illusions that this illusion that Christians have to be perfect. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Look at Proverbs chapter 24, starting at verse 16. It says this, for a just man, does your Bible say just? It does. For a, that word just there means righteous man, a holy man, a man that's living upright, a man that is submitted to God. A man that is listening to his, to God's voice, a man that is following God's will, a woman that is following God's will, a woman that is submitted to God, a woman that only wants to be uh, holy and acceptable unto God. It says for that person, that person falls. How many times? Seven, seven times. Watch this. It says, and rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief and stay right there. Why is the just man able to rise eight times if he falls seven? Because he knows how to admit I made a mistake.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) All this is good to me.
2: Because what it does is it opens you up to be able to deal with the truth. Because what ends up happening is, is we start blaming people. Yeah. We start blaming other things and we don't own the mistake. Meaning we never get the lesson from it. We never grow from it. Yeah. So it takes being open. Well, you know, to be able to admit, yes, I made a mistake. And then what will happen is, is God will start giving you downloads. Mm-hmm. He'll start giving you downloads as to how to navigate that mistake. How, how to, you know, come up with another way of doing whatever it was that you attempted to do.
1: Yeah. And the importance of acknowledging that I make a mistake, I made a mistake. It's so that you're able to give yourself enough time to actually rectify the mistake. Some of you guys took out loans to buy equipment. I know this by the spirit of God. You took out loans to buy equipment and the equipment is sitting. And God has been like, it was a mistake. But you are of the mindset, I'm going to make this work. And God is like, sell the equipment and get the money back. (laughs) That's it. But I'm going to force it. And I'm talking because this is (laughs) what I did. Because what it looks like. Well, yeah, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. You know what I'm saying a lot of times we don't own that because of what it looks like for other people. Yeah. They're going to think I couldn't afford. They're going to think I, who cares I what people failed. think. Right. They're going to yeah. think I failed, but it requires going through some things. You we won't, we won't get everything on the head at, you know, the first time,
1: but just to allow yourself to go through it because it's a process. Amen. It's a process. And who cares? Let me, let me help you guys out. Let me help you something out, right? Real quick. Write this down in a big, bold black pen or red pen. Go ahead, get your highlighter, your purple, your pink, and your green highlighter, and highlight this. Who cares what people think if you do not if it does the situation does not work out the way you thought it would. Listen, I have learned this over the last year, probably two years. People are going to have something to say whether it works or it fails. I was, I was the pastor, especially when we started getting our social media team together and, and our marketing team that markets launch church. I was a guy that was sitting there reading the comments under each video. And, And I found myself trying to respond to all the negative comments, despite the good comments. I ignored all the good comments and was trying to sit here and, and respond to all the negative comments like why would you say that you you this is only a 30 second clip of a of a, a 45 minute message you didn't get the true heart of the message and you're making a large assumption based off of 30 seconds in a 45 minute message so how in the world can you say that take it for what it is and leave it there if you don't have understanding go watch the video on youtube <laughs> and i just got exhausted yes. <laughs> Distracted, exhausted, <laughs> distracted. off-cash. <laughs> I just got exhausted and I'm like, my goodness. I'll give you a recent one. I went on, on our YouTube <laughs> channel just yes, yesterday and it, uh, one of the videos that were posted, praise God, a, a gentleman posted on there. The Bible gives explicit instructions on how to have slaves and you actually read it. And I wanted to respond, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to respond to that. And I left it alone. I left it completely alone. How did he get that from a Joseph video? I have no idea. But he went into something that the message had nothing to do about. But if I was worried about what the public thinks, if I was worried about what he is going to say or what she is going to say I am never going to nope. to have any progress because I'm going to be too focused on making sure everybody understands me. We hear this said all the time. They did not like Jesus. So why would they like you? But I don't think we truly understand that statement mm-hmm. because we are in search for for some sort of uh public acceptance. And at the end of the day, Nobody ever granted that or said you would have public acceptance. Whoever God has told is assigned to you is assigned to you. And that is who I am worried about. The people who show up to this live and watch, that is who I pray Pray for the people who come here and and say, Pastor, I'm re- I'm willing to submit to you guys as leadership. That is who we pray for. That is who we are reaching out for. Now, I'm not saying we just ignore the world. No, that's why we're starting the outreach team because we want to go and win the the, the loss to Jesus. But as far as opinions, as far as people's opinions that can that can alter the direction of this church, the only one that really matters are the ones. That, we, that that have submitted themselves to us and said, hey, we know and we believe in this vision. Maybe you should take the mindset that I am only doing this for an audience of one.
2: Yeah. cuts down confusion.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. We get so caught up on how many people are going to be there yes. and, and we forget that God is there. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, if I focus on the fact that God is there and that I'm saying what he wants me to say and I'm doing what he wants me to do, maybe, just maybe he'll send the people. (laughs) The Bible says this, if I be lifted up, talking about God. I'll draw all men to you. But instead, what we have come to as a society is that if the pastor be lifted up or the person that is in power be lifted up, and then we wonder why nobody is coming. We wonder why the faith is so divided. It is because we have been lifting up man and expecting man to be drawn to man. But the Bible says, If you uplift God, hallelujah, that's why I declare in Jesus name that this church will always be uplifted. That's why we have people around us talking about me and Pastor Bonda that we could, that we have given power to, to say, hey, we need to, you need to sit down and we need to understand this is not of God. This is why we call certain people into our house for meetings so that we can sit down and say, hey, and what are you hearing from God? Oh. I tell everybody that comes close to me, I don't like yes people. I just mean, I don't want people just to say yes. I want to hear what they're thinking because I don't proclaim. We don't proclaim to know it all. Right. And the Bible says in the very first Psalm that there is safety. Come on. In the multitude of counsel. Hallelujah. So number two, when I'm making mistakes, I got to be willing to admit that. I sat here a couple of weeks ago and I told you guys live on camera, I wanted to stay in the hotel. It was a mistake that cost us $7,000. I was able to admit that. Now I could have took the mindset, I'm going to make this happen. And I'm not going to admit the mistake and the bill could have been higher. the bible says here a righteous man a just man he may fall seven times but here's the difference he gets up eight why because he is able to admit when he is wrong she is able to admit when she is wrong hallelujah number three
2: you will have to work and wait progress is expected immediately but we have become a part of this popcorn generation wow The Bible clearly states seed time and then harvest.
1: Hallelujah. (laughs) I love that. Your work, you work and you wait. The Bible gives the principle. You plant the seed, you give it time, and then you get the harvest. Mm -hmm. What we want is we plant the seed and we want the harvest. But nothing works that way. I love it. Our mentors, our pastors have told us this nothing just starts out great there's it, it's a little seed that goes into the dirt it grows after some time and then there's a harvest to make it great mm-hmm. but we as mm-hmm. believers what I like to call we like this popcorn generation and the reason i use popcorn number 1 is my favorite snack <laughs> but number 2 it rises quickly i remember I remember back in the day as a kid, when my mom and dad would make me popcorn, they would get a pot and they would put oil Mm -hmm. in the pot Yeah, and and they would they put the pot on the stove and let the oil heat up Mm -hmm. and then they would sprinkle the seeds of the popcorn into the oil and they would mix the oil in the popcorn with a spoon and then they would put a lid over it and the popcorn would slowly but surely pop. And that popcorn tasted so different. First of all, it was the intoxicating smell that would get you that oil and butter mixed with those seeds. And it's like that popcorn tasted so much better. I encourage you, if you haven't ever cooked your your kids or had yourself popcorn off the stove, to go to the, the grocery store and get the seeds yourself and do it a homemade popcorn. It's totally different. Now instead we got the popcorn in the bag. We open the bag, 2 minutes is ready. And because we have become a part of this popcorn generation that wants it right now, 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 right now. We don't know how to wait. Well, well. And because we don't know how to wait well, our patience is not developed.
2: Right. Come
1: on. And because our patience is not developed, that means we'll we'll run to something that looks good without research. Right. And we'll put ourselves in a situation that can backfire on us later down the line. I admit again, I did something like that last year. God gave me a word. God gave me a word to start a television network. I ran somewhere real fast. Without taking evaluated time to pray and get maturity. And get mature. And then I had to work myself out of a contract that was a bad contract that I signed because I ran too fast to something. Maybe today you are running too fast to something because you just want it to happen right now. And this is a warning to don't get yourself involved in something without taking the time. It is okay to wait and be patient, it is going to be so much more beneficial. And it's going to be beneficial and it's going to be so much more great if you right. just wait and have the necessary patience. Because in your
2: waiting, I mentioned this, I think last week, the week before, and your waiting is when God will give you instructions and you're waiting. You get your emotions out of the way you deal with you enough so that you can hear God clearly for the next instructions. But when we just rush and rush and rush and rush and rush, we rush, pa- we rush past what it is that God is trying to get to us.
1: Amen. And then also, to to piggyback off of that in your waiting you give god time to move exactly remember god god made it very clear that he has to use men in order to work i'll give you examples he mm-hmm. said he said when you go into the uh pray to the father that the harvest that the, that he will send laborers into his harvest that's what the verse says why am i praying to god if he already owns the harvest he should already have laborers to go in there, but he says I got to use men in order to get the job done. I'll give you another another example. Luke 6:38, the Bible says God will have men pour into your bosom, pressed down, shaking together and running over. He uses men, and sometimes, watch this you guys, sometimes men are hard-headed. <laughs> sometimes men are extremely hard-headed. And If we are not patient enough to wait for God to do what he needs to do to get the person that he needs to help you to to get to that next level, to get in obedience, then you'll find yourself in a building, signing contracts or doing something you're not supposed to be doing that is going to give you a headache that you would have never had if you just would have waited for God to deal with that person's heart. Praise God. I have had men come and give me studios. Give me recording studios. I, I remember when God told me to, to, to start this music journey and I started this, this Christian music journey, praise God. And, and I was like, God, you know how expensive music equipment is. I don't have the, the money for that. I don't have the, the money to go out and purchase all this stuff, microphones and, and VSTs and, and DAWs and all this stuff. I don't know how to purchase and the money for that. And God said, I didn't ask you for that. Be patient. A couple months later, a guy comes to me and says, Hey, I got all this equipment. Do you want it? Come on. <laughs> I say, wait, 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 wait. Did you say want? Like, are you just gonna give it to me? Do <laughs> you just gonna let me have it? He said, Yeah, I'm not looking for any money. Here, just take it. Come on. But if I didn't wait,
2: Monda. Giving God the space to work. Yeah give him that space so he can do what he needs to do. You know, while you were talking? It reminds me of, have you all ever been in a conversation with someone and they're just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking Now the two of you are supposedly in a conversation, but they're the only ones that that's speaking and they don't give you the room to say anything. And what it does is it kind of like you kind of shut down, yeah. you kind of shut down. But what we're saying here is, you know, Allow God to be able to move in the situation. Give him the space. When we're in a conversation, give the other person space. Give him the space so God can do what he needs to do. God is always working behind the scenes. He may not, it may not look, look like he's working on the stage that you're on right now, but trust and believe he is working behind the scenes. He is putting things together. He is aligning people. Ever run across somebody? You didn't even know there was a connection with these two people. These These two people end up being in your circle and being the very thing that you needed to, to bless your business. God orchestrated that. That was nothing you could do. You didn't know that this person knew that person, but it's God that does stuff like that when we give him the space to do it. Amen.
1: Amen. Number four, you have to take educated risk. We touched on this a little bit. You have to take educated risk. Now you said, well, wait a minute. You said, be wait, wait, God, you need to wait on God. But now you're telling me to take educated risks. Yes. They work hand in hand. As you're waiting on God, the educated risks would be, let me go get a book and learn how to do this. <laughs> right. I'll give you an example of my own personal life. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, when I, when the, the opportunity approached me to be a radio personality, I knew nothing about radio and I was like, well, God, I'm doing music. And God was like, no, take an educated risk and learn this. I'm like, God, I want to learn something else. I'll be real. I'll be, I'll be real with you. I didn't I'm going to read I, it. I, want to read, I, don't want to, I just want, I just want to, I just, I want to do what I know.
2: Yep.
1: What I've gone, I've, I've, you, I've been in school my whole life. Like I'm, I'm tired of school. I want to, I just want to go do. And God was like, I need you to learn this too. And I took an educated risk on becoming a radio personality. Yeah. Not knowing that that radio personality would help jumpstart my music career. Open so many doors. Yeah, it opened doors. So it was an educated risk for me to go into a field or an industry I did not know. I did not have any understanding of. And that industry opened doors. I went from sending my music to hundreds of thousands of radio stations to now having my own show to play my own music, which then produced a following of over 10 million people.
2: Yeah,
1: But it took me taking an educated risk. Not Now I'm saying educated for a reason. I'm not saying just go take a risk. I'm saying it is evaluated time. How do I know it's the uh, educated risk? It's because I've taken time to pray about it. I've taken time to ask those around me what they think about it. I've given them the time to pray about it because that's a big deal. And one day God's going to have us do a series on it. I just know it, that when you ask somebody for advice, don't rush them to the answer. Give them the time to pray. (laughs) If it takes a week, it takes a week. If it takes two weeks, it takes two weeks. Give them the time to pray. You
2: know how we get. You should have an answer. You should know whether you want to do it for me or not. You should have that
1: answer right now. (laughs) But give them the time to pray and hear God's voice so that they can give you some wise counsel. Hallelujah. <laughs> so take educated risk number five
2: you must build a plan
1: must build a plan there was a gentleman by the name of harvey mckay that said a dream is just a dream a goal is a dream with a plan in a deadline Hallelujah. You've got to build you a plan to get you from where you are to where you want to go. This will keep you on track and it will minimize the detours that slow or delay your progress toward your dream or your purpose. Hallelujah. That is big. People ask me all the time, Joshua, how do you accomplish so much, be it that you're an entrepreneur and nobody's the boss of you? I say that I do have a boss. Number one is God. Number two is the calendar. And I set goals, hallelujah, on the calendar and deadlines on the calendar. So I give the calendar power over my schedule. Every year when the kids were in school, we would sit down before school year started and I would have them write the goals for their school year. So it gave them an opportunity to work towards something. I don't take the credit for what Lauren and Marcel has been able to do over the years, but there's a a reason why Lauren is now being able to go study for her masters. There's a reason why why Marcel is able to do what he's been able to do school wise and now able to travel the world with gymnastics or not gymnastics, tumbling and become one of a, a well-known figure in the tumbling world goals.
2: Yeah.
1: They learned how to write goals. And a lot of us don't know how to write goals. We know how to make New Year's resolutions that last for two years, for two weeks, and then dissipate by week three. I'm going to the gym this year, and then by week three, I'm tired of the gym this year.
2: <laughs> and honestly, I didn't learn how to write goals in the church. I didn't know anything about, um, you know, every year how people would write their goals or whatever. I learned about writing goals when I was in um, the program when I was in college. Inroads when they were teaching those that wanted to study computer information systems or, or business, they taught us how to write goals, but Hey, it benefited me because I use it today. Yeah. I use yeah. it today. And, I, 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 and more churches need to teach
1: this. Yeah. We need to about teach writing this. goals yeah. and vision boards. A lot of people think, Oh, that's just a waste of paper and a it's waste not. of time. It's not because it keeps you focused. Hey, this is what I'm going for because we as people become complacent sometimes, especially when we don't have our way or we take a defeat in something. Something didn't work out the way we wanted. The goal is what gives you the tenacity to keep moving. No, I'm not stopping until I see this. When I get here, when I get to, as the Bible calls it, a place called there, when I get to this place called there, then I'll stop. And unless I have a goal to keep my mind focused on this place called there, Mm -hmm. I won't keep going. This is why athletes train so hard because the goal is to win a championship. So you'll see them week in and week out, put their bodies on the line, no matter what sport it is. This is how they come back from injury so fast because the goal is to win a championship. There is always a goal. What is your goal? Do you even have a goal? Have you sat down this year and wrote out your goals for this year? What do you want to accomplish and have you put it on the calendar by this time? I want this accomplished. Yeah. This is why the children of Israel spent 40 years in the desert. Number one, they're unbelief. Mm-hmm. Number two, they had no goals. Number six. Don't go after your dream or your purpose alone.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, that's good.
1: Take time and think about that. Don't go after your dream or your purpose alone. Yeah. God gave me huge revelation a couple a couple months ago when I was teaching the How to Study Your Bible class, a course that I, God allowed me to create um, to an individual over Zoom. And I never saw this before until this course. And I had her study out Jesus getting the disciples. And I learned that even Jesus lived by this. Jesus went to each and every one of his disciples and asked them before they were disciples to follow him. (laughs) And it it just revolutionized my thinking because as a pastor and as an entrepreneur, one of the main things we are taught to do is wait till people come to us come on. and then judge their character, put them through a a, a plethora of, of 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 training and a plethora of of what the what is the word I'm looking for? Like when you're judging something, you put them through all these courses and these these uh these like you to see if they're really worth it. I get you. That's what they teach us as a pastor and as entrepreneurs. Before you, before yeah, you got to prove yourself. Thank you. You got to prove yourself before you can come, come be a part of what I'm doing. And the Bible, it I mean, it revolutionized my thinking, Vonda, and Lord, it revolutionized my thinking, Anja, because the Bible says Jesus went to Peter, Jesus went to John, Jesus went to James. Jesus Jesus went to Bartholomew. He went to Andrew. He went to Judas. He went to these men and he said, follow me. Mm, Come on. He didn't wait for them to get an understanding or a revelation of who he was. He said, just follow me. And what I have come to learn is that when it comes down to accomplishing purpose, You have to ask people to follow you. Come on. You can't go after your dream. You can't go after your purpose without asking somebody to follow you. It is okay. Yeah, but what if they charge me money? And what if they're too expensive? Don't worry about all that. Allow God to worry about that. You do the natural part. The the Bible tells us you have not because you ask not. And the reason why your dream is so hard is because you have not asked anybody to help you. Come on. It it revolutionized my thinking to see the creator, the one who served, who who saved our lives. the God's only begotten son came to mere flesh Mm. and said, will you follow me? He asked them, will you follow me? Because he knew I can't accomplish this alone. I can do what I do and I can die. But if I don't have other people around me, once I die, the dream dies. Once I die, the vision dies. So I got to go ask people. It's not about waiting for people to see the vision. Sometimes it's about going up to them and saying, will you help me? Will you assist me in this vision that God has given me? that's why i have asked the necessary people that i have asked will you help me will you assist me and maybe your businesses are struggling right now because you haven't asked anyone to assist you or help you with your vision it's just you or it's you and your wife or you and your mother or your father you guys are just doing it you're like why aren't we getting anywhere it's because you can't see your dreams come to pass by yourself
2: Ooh, dreams will separate you from others, y'all, as much as you want to share it and have everybody come along with you, dreams will separate you from others. That's why it's important for you to have people that are seeing the impossible, that can see and will see the impossible. Yeah. My God, my God, my God, that is so important. So that imp- is so important for your dream to
1: come to life. So important. The Bible says in many different ways we're going to jump into this next week a little bit because it's a part of our seven things that we're actually doing this year in the year of, of the Lord, rewriting our stories. But the Bible says this, two are better than one. Yes. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. So in other words, two are better than one, but if you get three, come on, if you get three people working, oh my gosh, that's not easily broken. And a lot of us, we don't get three people working because we are so busy trying to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and you, uh, if you guys don't get anything today, get this. You cannot accomplish your dreams and your purposes by yourself. God has made it. He has made it clear. You need somebody. If Jesus needed people, you need people. And you can't be afraid to ask. I see them all over. Go ahead. I was going to say, and if it's by yourself,
2: it's not God. Mm. It's not is not he has us depending on relying on too many other people or needing the resources from someone else for us to just be able to he cannot get the glory out of that. Yeah. He can't get the glory out of us saying oh we just it's just me I did it cuz I got all of this. I know this. I don't need anybody else to help me. He didn't need to send anybody. Yeah. He didn't need to give me instructions cuz I know everything.
1: Yeah. He, I can hear people I can hear people saying now but how do I know to trust? Who can I trust? God will show you.
2: Absolutely.
1: God will show you. But we remember we uh, when we went to our leadership
2: conference a few months back, one of the things that our leaders shared with us, and, and it is something that we all know, but I don't think we do this regularly. And that is to ask God who it is that we should invite in our endeavor, whatever situation, whatever it, you know, whatever it is we're attempting to do or whatever it is. But are we truly asking God to send those, but not even show me who those people are yeah. in everything that we do? Yeah. We say it because it sounds good, but do you really and wait for God to show you that person?
1: Yeah. It's and important. The funny thing is God will actually show him, show you who to help, who will help you and who he sent to assist you. I like the word assist because <laughs> help can leave anytime they want to. But when you have somebody that's willing to assist you, they're there through the good and the bad, whether they get a paycheck or don't get a paycheck because they have now gone, gotten hold of the vision. I like assist yeah. better than help. But God will show you who will assist you with your vision. And don't be afraid of the packaging.
2: Don't get tripped up on how something looks and you think, "Okay, well, God couldn't have sent that person. They look like this. They don't have this. They this that whatever. Don't get hung up on that. God knows the gift that he puts in every last one of us. You may not know it yet, but God sends people for a reason.
1: For a reason, because God knows you can't do this by yourself. Absolutely. He knows that. He knows it. When are you going to know it? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> when are you going to know oh, it? Oh, my God, that's what it You me. can't do it by yourself. And when you try to do it by yourself, all it's going to bring is frustration and aggravation. And it's going to bring that God forbid, forsaken question Did you really call me to do this? And then you're going to start to question what you know He's called you to do. And when you begin to question what you know He's called you to do, it sends you into the desert and it puts you in a circling thing and then you go get a job praise God see you go get a job and you feel like a bird in the cage at that job you're just looking at the clock you're looking at the clock when that clock hits five o'clock and that, that cage door opens I'm gonna fly out I'm gonna fly have you ever seen a dog when you let the dog out the cage how they go running they just take off running and that's you I'm not calling you a dog per se I'm just saying the action you go get a job and you can't wait to get out of it. You can't wait. I, I just want to get out of this. I want to get out of this. And, 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 and God's like, I got a plan for you, but you can't do it by yourself. This this I'll prove all y'all wrong. Watch me do it by your myself mentality. Nobody in this world has gotten somewhere without somebody helping them or assisting them. Nobody from the richest billionaire, Jeff Bezos. I told you Jeff Bezos fell 10 times. And finally he went to his parents and asked for a loan. I think it was a hundred thousand dollars got a loan, but his parents gets credit for assisting him. No billionaire has ever been created. No multimillionaire or millionaire has ever been created. No multi business million dollar business has ever been created with one person doing it by themselves. It takes a plethora of people because God knows you can't accomplish your dream and you can't accomplish your purpose by yourself. When are you going to know it? Mm. And know it. Jesus asked his disciples. We have this mindset. Well, if I ask them, they think they may they think that they got control over me and they run into the, the show and the ship. This, this is my ship. They ain't going to tell me what. to. Do. No, it's not about that. If you continue to to provide the vision and go work towards it, they yeah. won't try to take over your ship. They're going to continue to, to, to work towards a vision because they can, once they get a hold of the vision, they'll see how the vision can help them and their family. Even Jesus asked his disciples, will you follow me? Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Maybe it's time for you to ask somebody to follow you. Ah, there it is. I hear you, Holy Spirit. The reason why you haven't asked yet is because you don't even believe in yourself. I hear you. The reason why you have not asked is because you don't believe in you. You don't believe in what God has instilled in you. So maybe you got to take time. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't want to look at any names, but I just hear Holy Spirit say it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe you need to take some time today or this week and learn how to believe in you. Get before God and say, God, help me believe that this is what you want me to do. Show me that I'm capable of doing this. Come on. show me God that I'm capable of doing this and achieving this. That way you can go and ask for the help from the people, you know, God has sent to you. That's an excuse to say, well, I don't want people so dependent on me. No, 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 they're not depending on you. They're dependent on the vision. That's why we had a vision meeting yesterday. And I said, you guys are not following us. You're following the vision. We're just leaders in the vision, but the vision is what we're following. So don't look at us. Don't look at, oh, I'm going to go as long as Pastor Josh is happy, I'm happy. As long as Pastor Bon is happy, I'm happy. No, look at the vision. Follow the vision. Y namashata, e kabasho, yo krobashita ya. Hey, yamashabaya kro. Ye krabashi, la nata, e tapo shoko. Ye krabashata. Follow the vision. Follow the vision, Christina. Follow the vision, LaWanda. Follow the vision in Jesus' name. It's the vision. Shay Shaw, follow the vision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Can I add to that? Yes. And protect it. And by protect it, I mean, and build a hedge of protection around it. Don't let nothing and nobody come and try to talk you out of your dream, your vision, what it is that God is showing you a place in your heart, but protect it. Don't be uh, reactive. You just reacting to when people do. No, you build a hedge and you keep the hedge up. Yes. Build that hedge every day, but protect it at all costs.
1: At all costs. I feel like today, uh, this week, those names that I called, I feel like you got to get before God this week and ask God in me, make the vision real in me. N- let me know that I can do this with your strength, father. Amen. Hallelujah. Cause there's some people you guys have to ask, I, especially I, I can't get past LaWanda, man, LaWanda. There's some people that are, are called to help you with your business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I see that you have this, like this, it's not a bad mentality, but it's this mentality that I'ma get it. I'm a, like, you're a hustler, you're a grinder. You're gonna grind it out. I'll make this happen. And it's some things that God's like, you don't have to make happen. I've called people to assist you in your business. If you just learn how to ask them and then fall back and let them be great in their gifting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number seven. Number seven. I got caught up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, yeah. Number seven.
0: Number,
1: <laughs> praise God. I didn't want to go too deep in that. Maybe I can have a conversation with you later, LaWanda, about that because there's some things God doesn't want me to say over the air. Maybe we can talk about it later this week. Number seven. Know who you are and don't diminish who you are. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, we see the children of Israel did not know who they were, and they diminished who they were. They called themselves grasshoppers. Hallelujah. They called themselves grasshoppers. Your identity is based on how you view yourself. The foundation you build your life upon and where you find your sense of worth and acceptance and well-being. A lot of Christians in the church have identity crisis. They don't know who they are. This is why the devil can run havoc in their life. This is why they find themselves always calling the pastor's phone when the same power that's in the pastor is also in you. And because you don't know who you are or even worse, because you diminish who you are. You suffer these things, but you're diminishing who you are and you're diminishing your worth. I'm not worthy God, but bless me. That's like going to a job and saying, I'm not worthy job, but hire me. <laughs> oh, I'm talking real good. <laughs> <laughs> And God is saying, you are worthy. I sent my only begotten son. I don't have another one. I sent my only begotten son to lay
0: down his life on your behalf. And you are standing here raising your hand, singing that you're not worthy. If you weren't worthy, I would have never sent him. Because when I sent him, you were in sin. Mm.
1: And you are worthy enough in sin for me to send him.
0: How much more worthy are you now when you're outside of sin? I'm preaching good. And it's because you diminish who you are.
1: The children of Israel diminished who they were in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33.
0: They said, we are nothing but grasshoppers. And then they wondered why they spent 40 years in the desert. They wondered why they spent 40 years in the desert. And I wonder now because you feel you're not worthy.
1: I've done too much in my past for God to bless me. I've done too much in my past. So I know this is just punishment. Even though we don't even serve a God like that.
0: (laughs) I've done too much in my past. I can't be worthy of this dream. I can't be
1: worthy. I've mishandled money too many times. God can't trust me with any more money.
0: I've mishandled my wife too many times. God can't trust me to love her or vice versa. And little do you know, little comments like that
1: diminish who God made you. And before you know it, you find yourself in an identity crisis.
2: That's the mirror I talked about earlier.
0: Yeah.
2: It's what you start seeing in the mirror every day. Unbelief, what other people are saying, all the negative thoughts about you. I remember when, remember when we first started dating, one of the things that Joshua would always tell me is you're so positive. You're so positive. And I just always believe that God is bigger than anything that I could ever face. So why not be positive? Why not speak life into situations? That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Speak life. And it draws people to you. I used to ask why so many people like to be around me because it's the light. If you speak negative, nobody wants to be around that all day. Don't ask me how I got over here.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's true. You got to know who you are, man. You have to know who you are, woman. When you know who you are, you don't respond to foolishness. And foolishness is going to come. It's going to come. Foolishness will come. Jesus said that. You don't have to respond to it.
1: You don't have to get mad because people are saying certain things. They're using your name and stuff like that. You don't have to do that. Let them talk. God is a God of vengeance. He will fight my battle. People look at me all the time. Okay, pastor, that's tough one now. I don't know how you're doing that. I don't, I don't get that one. That, that is, that. I can't do that one. I'm, I have to respond. No, I know who I am. And I know my character. My character
0: speaks loud enough. And most likely when people say certain things, it's because they're jealous. They see the glory
1: on your life. Here's a funny thing. You might not even done anything yet. They just see the glory and they're responding to the glory. <laughs> yes. I love it. They respond. They, they think you are making millions and you ain't made one cent yet. They're responding to the glory. So don't pay no attention. Why? Because I know who I am and I'm not going to diminish who I am to engage in a conversation for you to spew even more negative stuff over me. Not going to do it. I'm just going to continue to press forward in what God has called me to do. I'm I'm only performing for an audience of one anyway, so I don't care about your comment. I only care about what God is commenting. And I'm going to move forward because there is a land of milk and honey with my name on it. There's a land of milk and honey with your name on it. There's a land. Say that right now. There's a land with a, with milk and honey with my name on it it. one more time there's a land land. with milk and honey with my name on it thank you for joining us please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review god
0: bless and have an amazing week